0: Hello and welcome to Season 2 of Faith in Development podcast brought to you by Tearfund, Fund, a Christian relief and development agency working in over 40 countries across the world. This is a podcast of storytelling and conversation as we explore different areas of development through the lens of faith, drawing on the wealth of incredible people who will share their learning and knowledge with us. This season, we will be focusing on gender and protection. My name is Sabine Houssi, and I'm the Gender and Protection Lead at Tier Fund. I have been a gender justice advocate for over 10 years with experience in leading projects addressing sexual and gender based violence at global level, and I am absolutely passionate about gender equality. I will be your host for this conversation. This season, you will hear authentic, challenging, and inspiring conversations that center lived experiences and reflections around gender ideology, sexual and gender-based violence and social norms and power dynamics with a view to learn from each other, reflect together and celebrate success in our journey to end sexual and gender-based violence and promote gender equality. So to give you a bit of background, TFN's response to sexual and gender-based violence was born out of our response to HIV in the Great Lakes region of Africa and that was in 2011. Women and girls in the regions were living with the silence and pain of rape, even as they were dealing with their HIV status. SOTIA Fund invested in research to understand this issue and explore the hopes of those affected by sexual violence. A key aspect of this research was to really unpack the potential and expectations of the church. This research was conducted across Rwanda, Burundi, DRC and Liberia. And the findings were similar across the four countries. The extent of violence and abuse suffered by women and girls and some men and boys was staggering in every country. The church and faith groups were highlighted for their failures to speak out and address vulnerabilities of survivors of sexual violence. However, there remained a strong desire from the survivors for their church to become a safe space for them to go to. And this very much resonated with Tearfund's overall vision for the Church in mobilising faith leaders to be active players in the fight against sexual and gender-based violence and equip the Church to respond to these issues in their communities. And that is how our journey began really, to enable the Church to speak out and be that safe space people needed, meet the needs of survivors and engage men and women on issues of gender equality. So in this first episode, you will hear from myself, Solange Bonigawa, who coordinates our Global Survivor Movement work, Francesca Quirk, our Sexual and Gender-Based Violence Interventions Manager, Uwezo Bagumalele, our Transform Masculinities Advisor, Luke Martin, our Sexual and Gender-Based Violence Program Officer, and Nina Samara, our Gender-Based Violence and Emergency Specialist. And if you listen carefully, you will also hear Nina's dog join in the conversation, All of us are members of the TF Fund Gender and Protection Unit. I'll be back at the end of the episode to tell you what else is coming up for the rest of season two. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, everyone. On this very first episode, we want to introduce ourselves the team behind this work. We are part of the Gender and Protection Unit. And uh, this is a team of about seven people based uh, all around the world. Uh, Some of us are based in the UK, others in DRC, South Africa, Kenya, and the Philippines. And the purpose of this unit really is to provide technical leadership on issues of gender and sexual and gender-based violence, uh, to provide support and capacity development to our SGBV programs, but also to facilitate learning, uh, learning either in the countries where we work or at global level. And through all of this, we try to ensure that the work that TFN does is work of quality, um, that it is evidence-based and also it is innovative. So some of you have been part of this team longer than others and I think it would be good for our audiences to hear how you came to be part of this work and really what is your motivation. So if I may start with um, Luke, please tell us how did you come to be part of this work and what is your motivation?
1: Yeah, thanks me. I think for me I... Uh, I've known about Fund for a, a very long time. And so, kind of seeing their general work has always been um, something that I've been very kind of excited by. Um, and for a good few years now, probably the past 10 or 15 years, gender and kind of what God thinks about gender has been really interesting. And so, in kind of my role as a uh, sexual and gender based violence program officer, I guess I'm really excited that. I have an opportunity to work within Tearfund fund with the church around the world and also other organizations to begin to see an end to gender-based violence and to see an increase of gender equality. And so for me I'm really excited by the church. Um, I've always, you know, since as long as I can remember, thought that the church can and should be at least a big part of the solution to the world's problems. And so, you know, having an opportunity to engage with the global church is just really exciting. Um, And it's something that we do, I think, quite well. um, And we are led by the church as well as leading the church and we're led by one another. to you know to see an end to gender-based violence so for me yeah that's the the motivation behind it and I'm really yeah I just love this team and and the work that it does.
0: Thank you thank you very much um, Luke and and it is true I think um, over the years we have seen the work that um, can be done in the church especially on this issue of uh, gender or sexual and gender-based violence if I may come to you uh, Frankie Francesca we have very much been doing the work in the church through our transforming masculinity approach isn't it so can you can you tell us how you came to be part of this work yourself and what is again uh, the motivation uh, for this
2: so i think there's a lot of overlap with some of what Luke, you were sharing i think you know if i kind of <laughs> step back a bit but if I look at my life, I'm really inspired by my grandmother, by my mum's side of the family, who lived all over the world. My grandmother's from Trinidad, born there, and, and wherever she went, her faith, you know, encouraged her to, to get involved, to volunteer, to be active. Um, and so that I guess I grew up, I always had this perspective of, you know, a global outlook and faith being something that drives us to action and to serve and to connect with others. And my grandmother's also like a massive matriarch. She's like 97 this week. You know, my mom's side family, like full of really strong women. And I grew up in a family of three girls and there was always this sense of like, you know, girls, girls, girls. um, And like a real strong sense of female identity. Um, And I grew up in the church as well. And I grew up in a church that was encouraging of women and of women in leadership. And then as I, you know, continued, in my faith journey and met other people who'd had very different experiences and had actually found the church is quite um, an oppressive space for them as women they'd been excluded from certain aspects of church or they weren't full members or there are certain things that they weren't allowed to do as women within the church and it didn't make sense to me it seemed very like nonsensical with my understanding of who Jesus is as a person, as the way in the Bible we see how Jesus interacted with women and those who were stigmatized or marginalized. And I thought, yes, that's my understanding of who Jesus is and how he relates with women. And I, I want the church and I want to be part of something which is spreading that, which is moving that forward, which is continuing that arc um towards equality. And I think as I read more about gender-based violence and understanding that, you know, the root Issue of all these poisonous fruits is gender inequality and that fundamental belief that some people have that men and women aren't equal and how that's upheld through teaching or to certain understanding in the church. It made me really passionate about addressing that within the church, and that's why I love the work that we do. I love partnering with faith leaders and faith communities and trying to unpack our understanding of theology and gender equality. Um, and that's what drew me to this team, and that's what makes me excited to be part of it every day.
0: Thank you very much, Frankie. It resonates with um, many of us uh, when you talk about the sort of influence uh, of women in our lives uh, and how that sort of shapes who we become um, or who we do not become. And and I'd like to come to you, uh, Solange, maybe if you can just share how you, of course, came to do this work and, and maybe a little bit of uh, your experience around that and kind of follow a bit of... Um, the sort of line um, that Frankie has used as well about, you know, that sort of female influence and and leadership um, in our lives. Wow, thank you, Sabine. And uh, it might be difficult
3: to follow someone else's line, especially when you talk about something that link up with your feelings and your emotion. This program, before going there, In terms of my role, I'm coordinating a global movement for survivors of sexual gender-based violence. On it on, the title says it, says it all. Why am I really finding myself with the courage to lead this global movement? It comes from the lived experience. And this lived experience For some, it might not motivate them to do what I do now. But for me, it became a source of strength. I've seen my mom suffering. Her suffering gave me strength, trying to say that I don't want to journey the same journey my mom took. And I don't say, She took a wrong journey, but she found herself in a situation where I would see tears running down to her cheek. That speaks a lot of my involvement in this role. And the motivation more came from, you know, as a woman of faith, I was still young, observing what was happening, but God, knew us before we have been formed in the, in the womb of our mom. He's the one who equipped him. He's the one who gave me all what I needed to be a support for my mom. And I did it. I'm proud of that. It, it mustn't end there. That's why I'm coming up with so many women on the same line of thought, How do we stand together to help other women who are still crying? Survivors are asking, who is there to listen to us? And I'm saying, where are you in this line of thought? You, the audience, who are listening to this? I I, I faced a lot of challenges in this program. And that reminded me how my dad was sitting on all resources of the family that my mom had no access to. And that's what I've seen even in this program, this sexual gender-based violence work being underfunded. Why? One would answer to that. But I know this is a challenge of today, it cannot be of tomorrow. And that brings my hope that as we speak, as a survivor speaking, there is hope that there is a change tomorrow. Tomorrow will be always different of today. And I'm saying this, my mom was able to put up a smile. And that is what I want for many women out there to see them might be them crying today, but tomorrow
0: smiling. Thank you. Thank you so much, Solange. Indeed, the, the power of, uh, of women, uh, of survivors speaking out, and we'll have the opportunity to uh, to hear a little bit more in the coming episode on the work around survivors and how it is important to give voices to survivors. Ewezo, if I may come to you on this, uh, Solange has talked about survivors and, and uh, in Tier Fund, we've always been keen to listen to their voices so that their needs become really our priorities. And one of the things that came through as we were listening, it was the need to work with men and boys, the need to, to have alternative uh, masculinity as well. And that is very much part of your uh, role as the uh, advisor on transferring masculinities but before you maybe go into that can you just tell us you know how you came to be part of this work and again also what is your
4: motivation thanks sabine uh, i met great people at tf found while i was working for a tf and partner in drc and uh, during this process we implemented program and i learned a lot from tf found especially on gender and the same time we were working on this TM approach. L- let me say, uh, you know, while TfN was working on the TM approach, I, I took part of it, or this process, working on it, and uh, I learned from this process. And uh, my motivation to be part of to work on this is uh, after you know went through different work with community members, the testimonies I received, you know, showing that we have uh, helped people In restoration of their relationship. So this gave me more uh, strength to see that we are doing a good job, which is helping people to restore their relationship at house level, at community level, which for me, it was, you know, a good thing. And uh, the other thing which is very, very keen, my motivation is seeing that I'm a man. And uh, most of men are part of those who are doing violence especially in the context you are living in, uh, where culture norms, you know, are giving more position to men than to women. And the men are using this position to harm uh, women. So as this approach, this pro- this work we are doing is trying to help men to understand that we need to come back on the same uh, level to consider women as uh, they are, you know, valued as men. So this helped me and encouraged me to continue this work, especially when the change is happening in the community, when people can share about the change they are seeing in the community, this is giving me more strength.
0: Thank you so much, Rezo. And, and I think, you know, indeed this, um, this process of transforming masculinity, again, we'll be sharing more of that in the coming um, uh, episodes um, on this approach. Uh, we have seen tremendous uh, impact um, in the lives not only of men, but also of women, and uh, it's not just um, about engaging men, but the whole community, uh, because the whole issue around patriarchy um, is about men and women as well. So, Nina, as the newest member of this team, I think, <laughs> would you be able to to share with us, you know, how you came to be part of this work and um, Maybe linking up to some of the, the work that you do around gender-based violence in emergencies.
5: Okay, so my work in this sector has been informed by my own experience as a student activist. I think I'm fortunate that I came from a university which allowed difference to to emerge from, from all of us, so which so is why different identities coexist in that um, space. But um, one of my first jobs was to support Filipino migrant workers who endured gender-based violence. And this is where I learned more about feminist approaches in direct support services, whether it's in psychosocial support, or in legal assistance, or even in economic assistance. But this is also where I think I saw the emergence of local women leaders who organized themselves as part of their own personal processes. So some of them are actually survivors of gender-based violence, and some of them were not even able to see their own cases prosper in court, and yet they were able to organize themselves as community-based organizations. And um, as the name you know, suggests, they were also able to support their own communities, whether these are groups of women or these are groups of constituents within the places where they were living. Um, and I think this has been a constant fixture in the different contexts wherever I work, both development and humanitarian. It is often a challenge because women's organizing and leadership are not always recognized. They're not always visible. But I also see that these have been opportunities for some transformative changes in those communities. And in Tier Fund, I think the Gender and Protection Unit is welcoming space for critical conversations, which I think is the first step in order for us to unmask and rethink power because that is the key in pursuing you know whatever transformative changes that we would like to see in a given community.
0: Thank you so much Nina and and just maybe even picking up from uh, what you were talking about so for myself when um, I don't know if this is the right way to say it but I think maybe some people are quite born with a sense of some things are wrong and some things um, are right. And I remember being a young girl and I was always, always in discussion with people, especially boys. Just really challenging. Why does he say this? Why? Why is it that in community there is a party? So I am, I am from Rwanda. If there is a party, why is it that it is only men who are allowed to speak? And if a woman speaks, she cannot have the last word. It has got to be a man. Just really questioning some of these these things because for me it really sounded wrong but I was also I guess had the privilege of being born uh, in a family that really you know valued girls and women so my father was quite progressive in his thinking he was um, always uh, sort of supporting my mother in any endeavors anything that she wanted to do he was uh, encouraging me my sister to to really do whatever it is that we wanted to do. If we wanted to climb trees, we could climb trees. Anything that we wanted to do, we could do. So, so there was that really strong sense that, you know, women and men are equal, that we're equally valued, and that really God created us at the same, so we should really benefit and enjoy the same, same things as our brothers. So that was quite when I was small, and I grew up with that sort of sense. But I think things sort of took a different turn When I was quite young, in my teenage years, um, I came from a country uh, that went through a war, that went through uh, a genocide. And I remember as my family and myself, we were running um, and really trying to get to safety. Uh, So this is of course a very difficult situation. You are running and uh, you are sort of jumping through, you know, overbodies, um, dead bodies, we were young children. And I remember coming across a dead body, a woman who was was dead and uh, and seeing her lying on the floor and and seeing her her thighs sort of exposed uh, with really clear evidence that she had been raped. Um, as a child, as I was 13 around that time as a teenager, so I did not fully understand what that was. Um, I could see that something had happened. I could see that she was dead, but I did not fully understand what that was, but I could see that there was violence there, that there was injustice there. and I was in complete shock and and I remember really sort of praying um, at that time praying and saying God, if I'm able to, to be part of something. So if I first of all, if I survive this, because the likelihood of us surviving uh, the conflict and what was going around us, um, you know that that was really, you know, we were not sure if we would come out of it. But I was praying to God, saying, God, if I'm able to resurvive this, I really want to be part of something that would that would bring an end to this violence, that would bring an end to this um, injustice. And I keep remembering about this woman. I, of course, I didn't know her. But the face, her face is really engraved in my, in my mind. It is a face that I would never forget. It is a face that I have carried with me for over um, 25 years. And, and it is a face that sort of motivates me um, every day in the work that I do. And, and I think being a tier fund and a faith-based organization where we can really engage the church to break the silence about Um, these issues, not only in times of war, but also, you know, violence happens in times of peace. It's all around us, especially gender-based violence. Uh, So being part of an organization that allows for for that space to engage the church, to engage the faith leaders, to look at our scripture, what does the Bible say about equality? And as all of us are created in the image of God, it's it's just been um, just a wonderful uh, thing to be part of, really. Thank you for listening in, I hope you have enjoyed hearing some of the passion and motivation behind the work of Tearfund in this area of gender equality in addressing sexual and gender-based violence. Over the course of this series we will explore our two approaches to tackling sexual and gender-based violence, we will look at social norms, gender in emergencies, gender in theology, women economic empowerment and much more. We hope you can join us again in the next episode for part two of the conversation with the Gender and Protection Unit. And in the meantime, if you want to find out more about this work, please visit learn.tierfund.org. Thank you very much for listening.